Hello, listeners. I've got a big, big slice of podcast pie for you to eat in this episode because in this one, I'm going to talk to you about some important considerations for language learning, some ways that you can push your English to new levels with Luke's English podcast. And I'm going to talk to you about italki, which is a really great service that you can use to arrange conversations with native English speakers online from the comfort of your own home. And I'll talk to you about why, as a listener to this podcast, you really should check that out. There's also a transcript for this episode already available at teacherluke.co.uk, so check that out too. Okay, so now let's get started with this new episode, and here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. First of all, hello. Um, how are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're fine. Here is a new episode of the podcast to listen to. I'm very glad to see that recent episodes of this podcast have been popular with the Luke's English Podcast community. Uh, the last one, uh, episode 300 and what was it, 330, the one about Grand Theft Auto, was particularly popular. Um, just in the first day of uploading it, it just rocketed up to being one of the most popular episodes I've done recently. Um, so I will have to do more of that kind of multitasking episode in the future. Um, now, let's see. I have something to tell you, and that is the fact that there is now a new look episode archive on the website. There's a new episode archive available for you on the website now. Have you listened to all of the episodes of Luke's English Podcast? If not, maybe it's because you don't know which episodes to choose. Um, and you might not know where you can find them all. Um, well, there is an episode archive in which you can find every single episode. If you've subscribed with iTunes, then you can access all of the episodes in your RSS feed. But um, I've recently added a new episode archive with descriptions of the content and language in each episode of this podcast. So you should check that out. Um, if you haven't listened to the back catalogue and you don't know what's contained in all those episodes, then have a look at the new archive by um, just going to the website and in the menu you'll see it says all episodes. Uh, just put the mouse over all episodes and then it will say all episodes archive. Click on that and you will find the episode archive. And there you will find links. You'll find a big list of all of the episodes that I've ever done plus some other content as well that you might not be aware of, like videos and other things. So you'll find a big list, and every single item has a link in it to the episode page. Um, and what you will now see is that each episode is accompanied by a description of the topic and the theme, including the language focus in particular episodes, so that you know what to look for, okay? So it should be really easy now to go through the back catalogue and identify what kind of stuff is in each episode. And then you just click on that link um, and to find the episode and listen to it. There are loads of classic episodes of Luke's English Podcast just sitting there in the archive, waiting for you to listen to them. Um, and remember that you can download uh, all of them individually from this website, and there are lots of transcripts available too. So if you're ever caught waiting for new episodes to come along, just ask yourself the question, have I listened to all the previous ones? And just remember that they are all there, all available for you, all free. Okay? Right. So, 
Um, let's move on. So, how's your English? How is your English these days? Let's talk about learning a language. Um, so, more and more every day, I'm coming face to face with experiences of language learning. Either other people, like my students, or the people who email me every day, uh, or me, because I'm a language learner too,、um, struggling to learn French. I'm constantly aware of our need in this incredibly interconnected world to speak foreign languages. For you and my students, it's English, and for me, it's French.、Um, so, a lot of people struggle to push their level up. Some people just don't know how to do it, I think. I meet so many students in language schools who know that they need to improve their English, but they don't know how to do it. So, they just sign up with a language school, and to an extent, They then expect us to do all of the work for them.、Um, not all of them are like that. Some students do exactly the right things, but some, in fact, many students, seem subconsciously to think that by signing up to a course in a language school and simply being in the room, that that's all they need to do. And I find that people like that tend to be the worst students because they don't take responsibility for their own learning. It's not necessarily their fault because they just don't realise. Uh, that in fact, there is a better way to learn another language. And I'm, I'm saying that there's a better way to learn another language than signing up to a, a course where you sit in a room with a group of people and one teacher. It's not necessarily the best way. For example, a lot of people don't realize that they have to connect with English on quite a personal level regularly and for extended periods of time. It's not just a skill to add to your CV. Learning a language has to become part of who you are. And the more you put your time and personality into it, the better the outcome. A lot of people probably don't realize that this podcast exists, for example, or at least they just wouldn't even think about listening to podcasts regularly in English. Or they might listen to a bit, but just give up after a while because it's too difficult. And that's a pity because I think that there's a lot of enjoyment to be had from my episodes and from many other podcasts.、Um, I really hope so, anyway.、Uh, I really hope there is enjoyment and language learning to be taken from these podcasts because that's what I'm trying to do with Luke's English podcast.、Um, I hope that it's more than just a thing for learning English, but rather it's something that helps you to learn and which you just enjoy listening to as a human being. Or not.、Um, you might enjoy listening to it as some other life form, I, I suppose. But I imagine that most of my listeners are humans. I know I have a few dogs and some fish listening to this, at least. But mainly it's Homo sapiens, mainly human beings. But anyway, whatever you are, if you are a long term listener, then I think you'll agree that regularly listening to my episodes will give you an edge over the people who don't listen to them. It's quite simple, really. So, what I'm saying is that there are bad language learners and good language learners.、Um, the bad ones do things like sign up for language courses and expect that to be enough, then just sit in language classes and expect to be spoon fed English you know, bit by bit by the teacher, but they don't take responsibility for their own language learning. On the other hand, good language learners know that learning a language is all about taking responsibility for your own learning and making an effort to get some English into your lifestyle on a regular basis by experimenting with new ideas and new platforms. And you don't give up when it gets challenging. And in fact, you enjoy the whole process of doing it. Those are the good students.、Um, 
I have over 300 hours of content here on this podcast. And that is a lot of English to listen to. That's a lot of words, a lot of grammar and pronunciation that you can hear. And it's definitely going to be a great injection of proper English into your brain. I worked out recently that in about a one hour episode, in which it's just me talking to you for an hour, um, you can get about um, 10,000 words in an hour. Like with the speaking speed that I use, it tends to average out at about 10,000 words per hour. So if you think about it, at least 300 hours at 10,000 words per hour. God, how many is that? Uh, Wait a minute. (laughs) You know what? I need to pause the podcast in order to do the maths. Because even though I said that last time I could multitask, I'm not sure it's true. Because, wait a minute, 10,000 times 300, that's what? Is that 3 million? I think it's 3 million. Let me just check. Yeah, yeah, it's 3 million. All right, so what I'm saying is that with 300 hours of content at about uh, 10,000 words per hour, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze now. Excuse me. Oh dear, what's going on here? Can't do maths. Can't stop sneezing. What's happening? Anyway, with over 300 hours at about 10,000 words per hour, that's about 3 million words uh, that you can get from Luke's English podcast. So that's going to be a great injection of proper English into your brain. But you and I know that listening to this and enjoying it is only part of what you could be doing to seriously push your English into overdrive. You're probably aware of that, um, uh, that despite listening to this, your English could still be so much better and that you're capable of so much more. You could be more fluent, more accurate and more confident. Now, the cool thing is that all of those things are achievable and that is true now more than ever before. Um, you know that you can really accelerate your, your English learning if you choose to. The power is in your hands. And if you want to, you can take your English to the next level. It's just a question of putting in the time and effort and finding different ways that work for you. So what I'm going to say to you now um, is just a few suggestions for how you can push your English in other ways beyond just listening to the podcast. Okay, so here are ways that you can really use the podcast to try and push your English further, okay? Now, some of you might be quite content just to listen. And of course, you can do that. You can just sit back and listen without doing anything else. That's, of course, great. Most of the time, that's what I expect you to do, really. Just listen and enjoy it. But I would like to reach out to you here today and ask you to just stop for a moment and question yourself Just ask yourself this question. Are you satisfied with your level of English at the moment? And what more could you be doing to improve it? Okay. So now here are some techniques for the motivated Lepster who wants to do more than just sit back and listen. Okay. So first of all, you could listen to episodes several times. Listen to episodes multiple times. I think this is really important because it allows you not only to understand the content much better, but will also allow you to notice specific phrases and then remember them over time. If you hear phrases or even grammatical structures and certain bits of pronunciation again and again, they will really stick in your memory and become part of your English. For example, I know a lot of the lines from the first Star Wars film, okay? Um, 
All right. Now, you should know by now, I'm a bit of a geek. I'm not a total geek, but I'm enough of a geek to have remembered a lot of the lines of dialogue from the Star Wars movie, the first one. All right. Now, those lines of dialogue are absolutely stuck in my mind, and they even come out in my speaking sometimes. You know, just I feel like those phrases that I've heard in the Star Wars film are just part of my life. And so how do I remember these lines from the film so easily? Well, it's just because I've watched the film a lot of times. And weirdly, I even enjoy watching it more each time I watch it. In fact, having watched Star Wars a lot, I feel like it's part of who I am now. And if you think about it, if I'd just watched Star Wars once, if I'd only ever seen it once, I'd never have remembered any of the lines, right? There's absolutely no way I would be able to see Star Wars once and then walk out of the cinema and then immediately start quoting lines of dialogue just after one viewing. Obviously, that wouldn't be possible. It took multiple views before the dialogue really stuck in my head. And it's exactly the same with the podcast. Listen more than once and the language will stick more easily. Okay. Um, Next suggestion is that you should use the transcripts. So there are transcripts available for lots of episodes of this podcast and you really should be using them. They took a lot of work to produce, in fact, um, either by me, by members of my family or by listeners who take part in the transcript collaboration project. And if you have done that, by the way, if you are one of those listeners who've, who's written transcripts, then you deserve a medal because as well as the long list of fully transcribed episodes on the website, there is another very long list of transcripts, which are also complete but haven't been checked by me yet. They're ones that have been done by listeners. They're all available on Google Documents and the links to those documents are on the transcript collaboration page. Again, just go to the website and click transcript collaboration in the in the menu. So there are more transcripts available than you might think. The transcript collaboration has been going for several years now, and it's really quite a big project. I mean, there are lots of transcripts, lots of people involved. Um, now, writing transcripts of episodes is time-consuming, and we wouldn't be doing it. We wouldn't be producing those transcripts unless it was really useful for you, my listeners. So please use the transcripts which are provided. And let me now give you a few ways in which you can do that. So you could read the transcript while I'm talking. So just listen and read at the same time. Okay. You could, for example, print out the transcripts on paper and hold them in your hand or just read them on your phone or tablet while you're listening. Um, Reading the words while you hear them will allow you to do a number of things. So it'll help you to remember the words better because you're not just getting an oral picture of the word, but you're getting a visual one too. And many of us have very visual memories, so it's important to get the visual side of those words. Now, words exist as physical entities in our minds. They have a shape, they have a sound, they have a spelling, and they're accompanied with muscle memories too. Okay. Now, by shape, I mean simply the way the word looks. And that does mean it's spelling, but also just the general visual characteristics of a word, the length and other visual characteristics, whether it's sort of, you know, it's got like bits that stick out the top of the bottom, whether it's curved at the end, you know, just the general shape of the word. And this is important because apparently when we read, we don't just look at the individual letters, put them together and then create a word. 
In fact, what we do is we recognize the first and last letters of the word, and the rest of it in the middle, the rest of the letters just create a, create a general shape. So it's based on the length of the word, the first and last letters, the length, and the general shape of the word. That's how our, our brains recognize words so quickly. So it is important to get to know the shape and spelling of words in order to keep them recorded as visual entities in your mind. Words are also sound memories. That's what they sound like, okay? Uh, so they're sound memories and they're muscle memories too. And by that, I mean how it feels to say them. You know, your muscles have to, you know, push your mouth into certain positions in order to say those words, you know, your tongue, your lips and your jaw and everything. So there is a set of muscle positions for each word. So there's a certain feeling or a certain muscle memory. And you're much more likely to be able to produce words and sentences more fluently and easily if you've done them a number of times before, okay? Um, so that means that, um, you know, you need to try and understand or try and get to grips with words on many levels, not just the way it looks or the way it sounds, but all of these different things. Because there are so many aspects of a word and the more of these aspects you cover, the more three-dimensional the word will be, and therefore the better uh, you will remember it. So reading the words while listening will help to tie the visual side to the oral side. Uh, it'll also uh, allow you to remember them better, and later on to spell them and produce them too. Uh, repeating words or sentences out loud with your voice will help to develop the, mes the muscle memory too. And that, what that'll do is then attach that to the oral and visual pictures that you already have, okay? So that way you're learning words in 3D. And I think you should try to learn words in three dimensions. That means listening to them, reading them, and actually reading them out uh, loud, okay? Uh, also, um, reading while listening may help you to notice particular high-frequency features of language, such as collocations or grammatical structures. If you've printed the scripts, you could then highlight these things, like highlight particular uh, vocabulary collocations or grammatical structures with a highlighter pen. You know, one of those fluorescent pens? You could highlight these things in your text with a highlighter pen, or you can select them on your computer and then just sort of like copy-paste them into your own lists and check them again later. I'll talk a little bit more about vocabulary lists and highlighting in just a moment. Okay? Um, so, also, what you could do is you could just read the transcript and then listen to the episode later. Okay? So, rather than doing them both at the same time, you sort of split those things up. So, if you want to focus on mainly on, on listening skills, but you would also like to get the benefit of having seen the words as well, you can just separate those two things. So first you listen to the episode, try to understand it, and then read the script and understand more. And then listen again and see if you notice a difference. So listen, no script. Read the script, no listening, then listen again. And let's see the third time how much you recognize how much more you recognize and how much more you pick up and keep um, you can break up the script and episodes and just focus on chunks or parts of episodes and you can print the scripts and then write notes on them as you listen or highlight particular phrases or aspects of pronunciation um, so lists you could take some of the words from the transcripts and keep them in word lists 
So um, highlighting words in scripts is good, especially if you go back and read them later or find ways of remembering those things. Also, you can print out the script and, well, as I said, you can have fun highlighting certain words with one of those brightly coloured highlighter pens because that's always fun, isn't it? It's always fun using one of those highlighter pens. I don't know if that's just me, but for me, I find that there is just something satisfying about using a bright yellow highlighter and highlighting words. I just find that satisfying, so that's fun. But remember that the highlighter pen itself won't learn English for you, of course. You will need to go back to those words again, check out the words that you highlighted, and look at them again in order to really learn them. Okay? Um, You can... Uh, also copy paste words into your own vocabulary lists you know obviously copy paste that means that you select the word on the computer and then you control c and then control v so control c to copy control v to paste it into your own list Um, then you can find ways of working on those lists in your free time repeating words testing yourself putting the words into sentences and so on just make sure that you're applying some kind of process to your learning Don't just read mindlessly through your word lists. You need to work with the words and push them into your mind in various ways. Remember the episode I did in the past about using mnemonics and memory techniques to to remember vocabulary. Do you remember that? I did an episode called number 167, Memory, Mnemonics and Learning English. So check that episode out because there's lots of advice and techniques for remembering things more effectively. That's episode 167. So there are a lot of words in the language for you to remember. You don't necessarily have to remember every single word in the dictionary, but you will need to remember a lot in order to be as fluent and articulate as you'd like to be. So you really need to be inventive when it comes to remembering words. You really have to think outside of the box in order to keep those words in your head. So you can use flashcard apps. These are like applications on your phone that basically are like having a bunch of flashcards in your pocket. So you can use flashcard apps to help you remember words or just a notepad. Try to record and repeat words in sentences, not just on their own. Remember how the words interact with other words because they do that words. They don't just exist on their own. They're always with other words. Are there any particular collocations or grammatical features of these words? For example, do they take a particular preposition? If it's a noun, what's the verb that collocates with it? For example, if the word is homework, what's the verb? Do you make homework? Uh, No, you don't. You do homework. What about housework? Well, you do housework as well. Uh, What about the DIY? The do-it-yourself, you know, putting up shelves, doing the painting, stuff like that. What about DIY? Do you make DIY? No, well, in fact, you do DIY as well. Uh, Yes, all of those examples take do as their verbs. Not particularly difficult ones, but there they are. But actually, people saying, make my homework. I, You know, what did you do last night? Oh, I just stayed in and I made my homework. I hear that a lot from many different nationalities and languages, but it's not make your homework, it's do your homework. So that's collocation, that's what I'm talking about. Do your homework is a very simple example. There are lots more complicated collocations uh, than that. Anyway, uh, so you should be aware of that. Another consideration when you're recording your words is the word family. 
So words don't just go with other words. They don't just hang around with other words. They're also related to other words too. So you should be thinking about what the other words are in the word family. For example, what's the noun, the verb, the adjective or the adverb form of that word? Um, think about opposites and um, synonyms. So there, are there any antonyms, that's opposites, or synonyms of the word that you should record? Um, also, is the phrase or the word followed by a particular piece of grammar? For example, is it followed by an ing form or an infinitive form? For example, the expression used to, used to. Now, you shouldn't just record used to um, with just the one meaning of like, I used to smoke, like I, I, I smoked regularly in the past, I don't smoke now. Don't just record that, but you'd need to also be recording the other phrase that uses used to, which is be used to plus ing, or get used to plus ing, which is a different meaning. For example, you know, I used to smoke, but I don't anymore, and I'm getting used to, uh, I'm, I'm getting used to living in France now after a couple of years of being here, I'm slowly getting used to it. Okay, so you'd need to record used to, or be plus used to plus ing. That's one That's one phrase. And then also just used to plus an infinitive without to is another thing. So don't just record used to, but record the whole set of collocations that go around that word. Um, so getting to know one word often means getting to know all of the other words that they live with. Beyond just recognising words in phrases, you could also use a good dictionary, like perhaps a collocations dictionary, to help you make your lists and make sure that you go back to those lists and study, practice and test yourselves. Okay, It's no good writing a list of words and then just never looking at it. You need to remember to go back to those lists and have like a little process that you use with your lists a process of studying, practicing and testing yourself. You could get a dictionary like the Oxford Collocations Dictionary or use one online. And I'm talking about collocations dictionaries now. Um, I found one today, in fact, that looks really good. It's just very simple, but it does the job very effectively. And it's called the Online Oxford Collocation Dictionary. And if you go to the Online Oxford Collocation Dictionary, just search for a word and it will show you all of the verbs, nouns, prepositions, adjectives, and other words that collocate with it. For example, um, if I do a search for the word memory in this collocations dictionary, this is what I get. So you end up with like adjectives like an excellent memory, a good memory, a long memory, a retentive memory, uh, a poor memory, a short-term memory, photographic memory, uh, also verbs like uh, to jog your memory, meaning, you know, something that's going to help you to remember something, you know, to jog your memory, to refresh your memory. Um, prepositions like from memory, uh, he recited the whole poem from memory uh, or a me memory for something. I have a good memory for faces. And then phrases like in living memory, in recent memory. There's loads and loads and loads of stuff to be learned from a collocations dictionary and it just shows you the way in which um, these, these words don't exist on their own but they exist often in combination or partnership with other words. Okay, also you should try to practice producing your target words, not just recognising them. That means that when you do some studying with your word lists, you should read out those words and sentences aloud. Actually use your voice 
say the words and sentences. Don't just read them in silence. Now, if you can't read them out loud, let's say you're in a public place, then the next best thing to do would be to mouth those words. And by mouth words, I mean just sort of like pretend you're saying the words, but don't actually produce the sounds. So you move your mouth as if you're saying them, but no sound is coming out. Again, that might make you look a bit strange, but from a purely language acquisition point of view, um, mouthing the words and just, you know, again, pushing pushing yourself a little bit more, like practicing making this, the words with your mouth, that's going to help a little bit, okay? Uh, so practice producing and saying the words. Don't just recognize them, say them. You, you've got to be focusing on productive skills, okay? So um, uh, sort of uh, uh, skills like listening are great, but you need to be thinking about how you can convert those things, how you can flip your English from uh, passive to active, okay? So another thing, especially when you're working with word lists, you must try to avoid simply converting words from your language into English and back again, okay? So I've seen many students in the past who, who are kind of on the right track, but still not quite right. And by that, I mean they have vocabulary notebooks and lists, but when I look in them, all they are is just a list of English words with the the other language, like the, the, the translation in another language next to them. And they just kind of go through the list and just sort of reading the word and the translation. That's not going to be that useful. Don't just convert words from your language into English. You need to be doing everything in English, certainly at this stage in your learning. Um, and you need to be like looking at, as I've said, all of the many uh, ways that that word is interconnected with the language as a whole. So examples, um, like real sentences, the prepositions, the different word families, the opposites and stuff like that, and any particular features of pronunciation too, all right? Okay, so uh, that's that was just a few tips about um, using the transcripts to help you build word lists. Um, now, since these transcripts are all in text form, you can do all sorts of things with the word with the words on your computer. All right, there's loads of things you could be doing. For example, you could, as well as creating your own uh, word lists, you can create your own worksheets using the transcripts. Okay, don't just uh, expect your teacher to produce the worksheet for you. You can do it yourself. So what you could do is import the text from the transcript into Microsoft Word or some other word processing software, and then you just gap certain words. You know, you just sort of remove certain words or replace them with a line. And you can actually do that automatically. You can select certain words and gap them all using the sort of find and replace function in Microsoft Word. Or you can choose to gap random words. For example, you could just gap every ninth word and then print the worksheet that you've produced and then go back to it later and just try to add the words from memory. So just try to add the missing words. You could remove all of the punctuation, for example, and put it back in later. You could remove all the verbs and put them back in in the correct form. You could remove all the prepositions and then put that put them back in later when you do your studying. And you don't have to do the entire text Obviously, these transcripts are very long. You don't have to do the whole transcript. You could just choose certain parts of each transcript to work with. Uh, be selective about which bits of transcripts you work with. For example, it would be a good idea to focus on a part of an episode in which someone tells a story <clears throat> or a part of an episode in which there's lots of technical language that you don't know. 
So you can be your own teacher, create your own tests and exercises. You can do that and it will help. A lot of the time, to be honest, as an English teacher myself, I do spend quite a lot of time just doing sort of fairly mechanical stuff like creating exercises, gapping texts and, you know, just copy pasting uh, words and, and texts and things. Now, it doesn't have to be all done by me. You can do a lot of that stuff too. And I think half the time, learners of English don't do it just because they never realised that they could. That they always thought, well, creating worksheets, that's something that teachers do, isn't it? No, not necessarily. Um, all you need to do is just take a piece of text and just sort of mess with it and then put it back together again in some way. And that's just a quite a good way of getting the English into your head. Um, so here's another idea. You could record yourself reading transcripts. So you could take a transcript and then read it out loud and try to sound exactly like me or just try to read it um, in a very natural way as if you were talking to real people and you had to make it interesting. Okay, so you could record yourself reading the script and then compare that version to the original recording of me. See the difference and then try to copy my voice. All right. Now, if you can bear to do it, if you can bear to listen to your own voice, um, that can be a very good way of practicing, actually. Um, all right. Now, you could shadow the way that I speak when you're in the car. Now, if you listen while driving, which I know a lot of you do, that really is the perfect time to do some speaking practice because you can use the privacy of the car to do some speaking. It's the perfect place, really. You're in your own private little world. There's no one else around you. Um, you could do some speaking in that situation. You could try shadowing me. And that means repeating everything I'm saying while I'm saying it. Okay? So as I'm talking, you just try and repeat exactly what I'm saying along with me. Um, now, don't do this when you're in conversation. Obviously, you shouldn't be repeating what someone says live while they're doing it in a real conversation because that's seriously annoying. And I know it is because I've had a few students who used to try and do that. I remember teaching students who would try to mouth the words I was saying as I said to them, as I said them to them, which was really weird. I'm sort of going, hello, how are you? And they go, hello. Why are you doing that? Uh, so did you do anything this weekend? Did you do anything in the weekend? Why on earth are you repeating the words in front of my face like that? Don't do it in front of someone's face in conversation, of course. But if you're in the car, there's no one else with you. Yeah, why don't you repeat? Try to repeat the words clearly after me as I've said each thing. And now either you you can repeat the words after I've said them or you just allow your mouth to vaguely follow what I'm saying as I'm saying it. All right. Again, there you're working on things like muscle memory and just the, the pronunciation. Um, now, you could listen to the podcast at different speeds. You could listen to it slower or faster. A lot of audio software and podcasting applications now allow you to speed up or slow down episodes. So why not try listening to an episode really fast the first time around, then slowing it down the second time? You might find that after the fast listening that you're suddenly able to understand normal speaking much, much better. If you train your ear to listen to English really fast, you might find that suddenly you're a superhuman. You've got amazing, super special ninja listening skills afterwards. Um, 
and most software now will speed up or slow down speech without raising the the the, the pitch. You know, it used to be that you could raise the speed of a, a, a piece of audio, but the pitch would go up. And so, you end up sounding like that. Not anymore. These days, software will speed up your, your speech without raising the pitch. Um, so, yeah, that can be good training for your listening. Um, it's a bit like training in the mountains, you know, to do running, you know. If you're running, doing training in the mountains, you let your body get used to running with less oxygen. And then when you run at normal altitude with normal levels of oxygen, your body is suddenly tuned and able to consume much more oxygen. And then by comparison, you're much stronger and faster than you were before. So if you get used to listening to the podcast at a fast pace, you could then become an amazing listener. You could be like the superman of listening at normal speed. Um, Alternatively, you could listen to an episode really slowly and try to focus on specific things that you missed before. The main thing is you can experiment with listening at different speeds. And remember, if you listen faster, you can listen to more because the episodes will be shorter. Yeah. Um, You could also pause the podcast sometimes in order to say something. So remember, you have a pause button on the podcast. You can pause it uh, when you have a thought or an idea and then you can just say your response. Again, this will work better if you're in private, maybe in your car or something, so that people don't think you're crazy talking to yourself. Um, You might be listening to an episode and someone on the episode says something and immediately you have a response. You kind of think of a response. Why don't you pause the podcast and actually say your response? Imagine you're talking to me on the podcast, or you could imagine you're talking to your pet cat, or you're talking to the wall, or you're talking to your teacher, or you're talking to a friend who also listens to the podcast. So pause the podcast and actually say the idea, the thought that you have in your head. And you don't have to wait until a specific thing comes up. You could decide to stop every 10 minutes and summarize what's been said in the last 10 minutes by saying it out loud. You could summarise or you could just respond to what's been said in your own way. Uh, Try to use language that you've heard on the podcast, for example. That could be a good way of squeezing some speaking into the listening experience. So imagine this, all right? Imagine you listen and every 10 minutes you pause, summarise and respond and then continue. And that way, a one-hour podcast will also involve you summarising and responding in your own words six times. That's quite a lot of speaking as well as listening. And there's no reason why you can't do that. Um, and you could use episodes of Luke's English Podcast as the basis for discussions or activities with your speaking partner. If you have a language partner for practicing English, or if you have one-to-one lessons with a teacher, you could take inspiration from Luke's English Podcast. Um, I've done loads of episodes with speaking games like The Lion Game, the vocabulary games with Amber and Paul, the difficult situation role plays, the random discussion questions with my family, the bank robbery activity, the one minute challenge, the A to Z game, and all the topics and interview questions that I've used in episodes over the years. You could recreate speaking tasks from episodes of the podcast in your own lessons or language exchanges. Um, So check the pages for each episode and see if there are questions or other notes that you could use for your language lessons or speaking sessions. Right. 
So there, I've just explained a few ways that you can become a more active listener. And all of that's definitely going to help you. Even just listening to these episodes and enjoying them means that you're actually, or certainly, getting a leg up on the competition. Um, Especially those losers who don't even know that Luke's English Podcast exists. Those poor, poor losers. But... um, being proactive and finding new ways of pushing your English with Luke's English podcast is definitely going to help too. Okay, so you've got two positions. Just listen and already you've got an advantage on the competition. Uh, Or you listen and you try and use all the techniques and things that I've just described and then you become the super, a superhuman listener of of, uh, the podcast. Um, So those are all bits of advice. But I haven't mentioned the elephant in the room. And this is the thing that's missing from the whole arrangement. And I haven't talked about it because previously it was a bit of a problem, but not so much anymore. Now, what does the elephant in the room mean? Well, the elephant in the room is an expression that we use when there's like a thing that nobody is mentioning. It's something that's really obvious that everyone is aware of, but no one is talking about it. For example, you could be sitting in a... I mean, it literally... It would. You can imagine everyone sitting around a room and there's an elephant there, but no one is mentioning it, no one's talking about it, right? Even though it's obvious. Now, in this case, the elephant in the room that I'm talking about uh, is the fact that Luke's English Podcast doesn't give you everything you need for your English. Now, that shouldn't be a shock, of course, because I've always said that the podcast is best enjoyed as part of a balanced diet. I mean that you get the best results by combining listening to this with other things such as studying and speaking practice. But certainly what I haven't mentioned so far is that the podcast certainly can't give you the one thing that you really, really need to make rapid progress in English. And that is the chance to practice speaking with native speakers. All right. Now, beyond adding habits and techniques into your lifestyle and getting regular exposure to authentic English with the podcast, the best way to get your English to a much better level uh, is to do plenty of speaking. All right. Speaking, speaking, speaking in authentic conversation with native speakers. That's definitely the fastest way to push your fluency, accuracy and range of vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation to the level that it needs to be natural conversation with native speakers, hopefully teachers who understand your situation and can help you with error correction and explanations and by listening to you more. So I haven't mentioned that before because I've known that for many of you, it's just not possible, right? Like finding a native speaker to talk to regularly might not be possible. And it's something that I can't provide through the podcast. It's always been hard to develop your speaking skills through this podcast. So you need to find native speakers to talk to. But as I said, it might not be possible for you. It may be that there are just no native speakers in your area to talk to. Or if there are native speakers, it's difficult to get to know them. Even if you live in London, for example, where native speakers are much harder to find than you might expect. The same goes with teachers. There might not be many native teachers who you actually like and who can teach you regularly on a one-to-one basis. Now, maybe you're lucky and you live in a situation in which you can speak to native speakers regularly. But I know that even when you live in a country of the language, it's still hard to meet the right people and find the right teachers. For example, for many students or foreigners living in London, it's quite hard to make friends with local Londoners. 
They're just a bit distant and they tend to stick to their own little circle of friends. So essentially, although it's vital for your English, uh, regular speaking with native speakers is also one of the most difficult things to achieve because of lack of access or choice. So despite this lack of speaking practice, I imagine that you just keep going, you keep going, you, you continue trying to learn or maintain your level of English as well as possible without enough contact with natives. You probably listen to the podcast when you can and you love it when new episodes come out. And although you have plenty of feelings and ideas in your mind when you're listening, you don't have anyone to express them to. You might take English classes, but it's still not really enough, especially if you're in a group where you're not really getting enough attention and you're listening to a lot of stuff from the other students. Now, you might find other opportunities to speak to natives, but it still might not be sufficient or convenient. So what you really need is a regular person, a language partner or an individual teacher who you can rely on and who knows how to talk to you as a learner of English. Someone who's available at the right time, not too expensive or inconvenient. Even me in France, I have native speakers of French all around me. I mean, I'm married to one, for goodness sake. But none of them are quite suitable as a language teacher for me somehow. For example, my wife and I have already established our relationship in English, and it's hard to switch to French because there are just too many personal things going on in our lives, and it's not practical to speak English. Uh, sorry, it's not practical to speak French. You know, like sometimes what we do is we'll start speaking French a little bit and then something happens and then we immediately switch to English. Also, in French, I'm a bit stupid. I mean, I'm a bit thick because my level of French is quite low. I'm just not a very interesting or engaging person to be with. So I don't want her to think I'm stupid or anything, you know. So we end up speaking English. Um, now, I, what I could do for my French is I could go on a mission to find an individual teacher or someone who's willing to do a language exchange with me. But honestly, I'd rather just go online, just browse some teachers, find someone easily and then schedule someone to, to speak to, some one-to-one -one speaking lessons on Skype so I can choose exactly when and where the lessons will take place in my home, basically, and it won't be too expensive. I just don't want the hassle of having to go out, arrange a place to meet. And if it's in my home, that means cleaning the place up. Or if it's in the teacher's home, that means traveling and extending the time I have to devote to this. Uh, if it's a public place that I'm going to have my lesson, then that means putting up with the fact that strangers around me are listening to my lesson and probably judging me and my teacher. So what I need is an online service which completely cuts through all of that annoying stuff. And I've been looking for a service like that. And I'm really pleased today because I've found the perfect one. Um, I can now arrange all my French lessons and conversation classes online. I can do them all online via Skype and all from the comfort of my own home. I can just do them at the kitchen table with my laptop. I don't even need to put on a pair of trousers uh, as long as the camera is pointed at my face. Of course, I do wear trousers all the time. But um, you can see that it's, it's very convenient, all right? Um, there are loads and loads of teachers to choose from. I can have trial sessions with some of them and then pick any teacher that I want. Then I schedule lessons according to my timetable and I don't even need to leave the house. Also, prices are cheaper than they would be with a teacher uh, offline or in a classroom, in a group. 
So, of course, it's online via video conferencing software, which is not quite as good as being in the same room as the person. But honestly, after 10 minutes, you just don't really notice it anymore. And anyway, communicating via Skype is the future. In fact, it's already the present. It's a really common way of communicating, especially if you are an international business person. So I've found this service uh, that does all of these things, and it's called italki. Um, and the super duper cool thing is that italki is also in English. In fact, English is their number one language, and they have thousands of teachers and native speakers of English that you can talk to right now. Okay, so I'm talking about italki at this point. Now, some of you might be aware of italki already. It's already quite well established. So it wouldn't be a surprise if you knew about it already because italki is already one of the fastest growing websites in the language learning sector at the moment. And it could be a game changer. It's the sort of website that, you know, the managers of language schools would be worrying about, you know. So have you heard of italki? Now, um, now you might have heard about it uh, already or you certainly will hear about it because it's awesome, all right? It's brilliant. Um, okay, so what is italki? Italki is essentially an online community where you can find language partners and teachers for online lessons or conversations. It's not a surprise, really, that italki is one of the fastest growing websites because now that Skype video calls are such good quality, it makes total sense to use that for connecting students and teachers without all of the hassle of physically moving around. And it's a great way to cut out the middleman, to avoid having to travel long distances, and uh, you can get all the benefits of individual tuition. I think it's going to make a huge difference to the way that people learn languages in the future. And this basically gets around the age-old problem that many of my listeners have experienced for years, this problem of having no access to native speakers. This service solves that problem. So um, italki used to be a social network, you know, like Facebook or, or something like that. Uh, it used to be a social network where you could find a language partner to do a language exchange, okay? But over the last year or two, it has grown a lot, okay? It's become a lot better and a lot more well-established. They've just launched their new service, so they, they've got a new upgraded website. It looks really slick, and it's very smart, professional, and high quality. Um, it looks great, and loads of people are using it every day to learn languages. In fact, they have, I think, something like 2 million students using it at the moment. Um, 2 million people. And that includes um, these super-motivated language learners that you read about on the internet sometimes. You know, these, these people who can speak, like, loads of languages all at the same time? Well, not necessarily all at the same time, but these people who can speak loads of languages, polyglots, you know. Um, now, I've been interested in polyglots for a while, and I'm, in fact, in the process of contacting some of them for interviews on Luke's English podcast. I'm talking about people like Ollie Richards uh, and Richard Simcott, who actually make a career from the fact that they speak lots of languages. Now, these guys swear by italki. I mean, they go on about italki as if it's like the great solution to the problem of finding access to native speakers of the language you're, you're learning, right? So they love italki. They all use it. And so I think if it's good enough for them, I think it's good enough for us, okay? Now, some of you are already using italki. 
you might already use it and you're going, you're thinking to yourself, yep, Luke, yep, you're preaching to the converted. I already use italki. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. In fact, that's how I know the phrase preaching to the converted and the phrase been there, done that, got the t-shirt because I religiously listen to your podcast and then I practice your language on italki and it helps me to, to remember stuff like I've been there, done that, I've got the t-shirt. Uh, so some of you might already be using it. Great. Um, uh, but others, I'm sure many of you don't know about it. And so I think you should check it out. Now, some of you also might be thinking, anyway, Luke, wh- why are you now going on about italki so much, Luke? Do you work for them now? Is that it? Are you working for italki? No, I don't work for italki. But I am happy to say that after discovering them, I did send them an email and ask if they wanted to sponsor this podcast. And I've been searching for new sponsors for ages and ages. And italki just seemed like the ideal sponsor because they offer a good service. It's for learners of English. It's available in any country. It's all online. They're friendly people. It's professional. It's growing fast. It looks good. So I'm happy to say that after I wrote them an email, they responded to me positively. And I've been talking to someone from the italki team. And we have arranged a sponsorship deal for Luke's English Podcast, which I'm very happy about because it's going to be mutually beneficial. It's going to be beneficial for everyone, basically, for you, for me, and for italki. So it makes total sense all round. So now, um, since we're talking about sponsorship, let me just say a couple of things about, about this. Okay, sponsorship. You know that I've had Audible as a sponsor for a while. Um, and now, uh, now I'm going to be uh, mentioning italki from time to time. Uh, so I just want to say that you should know that sponsorship for Luke's English Podcast is absolutely necessary, okay? It's important to understand that, especially if you don't really get it, if you don't really get the idea, like, oh, why, do you, why does he have to mention different you know, services? Uh, the podcast must have sponsors, all right? It's the only way for the podcast to keep going and for it to stay free, all right? Now, I have to justify spending my time on Luke's English podcast. Obviously, I love doing it, but I also have to be able to justify spending so much time on this. Now, I do spend time on the podcast. I do all of this myself, the recording, the uploading, the website, maintenance, everything. Now, I could spend that time on other things, that would be much more profitable for me. For example, I could use all of my hours doing one-to-one lessons with university students or business people in Paris or on Skype or something, and that would make me much more money than I earn from Luke's English Podcast. But honestly, I would rather spend my time on this than almost any other job. And the only way to do that while keeping the podcast free for you is to have a sponsor that I mention briefly in my episodes, all right? So I would rather do this podcast than work on one-to-one lessons or teach in language schools. And I expect that you would also like me to continue doing the podcast too. Well, if that is the case, then sponsorship is the way that I can achieve that. Um, also, you should know that sponsorship is absolutely the standard for monetization for podcasts today. All of the big podcasts I listen to myself, unless they're done by the BBC, all of them have sponsors, okay? Uh, it's just the standard thing. Mark Maron's podcast, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, um, bloody hell, any, any of them really, Scroobius Pip's podcast, 
pretty much any podcast that I listen to, they all have sponsors. It's standard. Okay, and Luke's English podcast is no different. So, in fact, I'm very glad that my podcast is popular enough to attract sponsors. I think it means that I must be doing something right. Okay, so sponsors are necessary for the show. And for me, it's vital to find a sponsor that offers you quality service that can really make a difference to your English. It's been hard to find the right company. Um, I've had Audible for a while now. Uh, but I have also continued to look for other services that you might like. So Audible are great. Those audiobooks are brilliantly produced. They're of excellent quality. And it's a good offer, I think. A 30-day trial with, with the, the service and a free audiobook. I think you can't really argue with that. By the way, that offer is staying open. You can still get a free audiobook from Audible by going to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash Audible. You can still do that. But honestly, I think that italki are an even better service for my listeners in a more profound way for your English. Um, now, you already have a lot to listen to with Luke's English podcast. In fact, Audible, as a maker of audiobooks, they're a kind of competitor for me. Um, and by sticking a 15-hour audiobook in your phone, essentially, I'm giving you the choice of listening either to me or listening to the book. And I hope you choose me first. Um, but anyway, you already have tons of stuff to listen to, either from me or from audiobooks. But speaking to native speakers is going to be so good for your English, and that's what italki would allow you to do. So I'm really pleased that after checking out my podcast and my website, the people at italki are very keen to work with me and to sponsor the podcast. So yes, I have managed to secure italki as my new sponsors, and I'm very happy to recommend them to you. The cool thing is that you can get um, free teaching time on italki. You can get some free time with a native speaker if you are a Luke's English podcast listener because italki are offering all my listeners 100 lesson credits free, which is equivalent to about $10 worth of free teaching. That's equivalent to about one hour with some of those teachers. Okay, so when you've made your first purchase, then italki will credit your account with $10 or 100 credits. So if you want to get stuck into that offer already, if you want to go and check out italki, just go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk. Okay, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk uh, to check out italki. Look at some teachers, start talking to people. And then you can get, when you've purchased some, some lessons, you can get one hour free. Okay, so let me just tell you a little bit more about italki now. Now, this is the sort of um, episode in which I talk quite a lot about it. I'm not going to be doing this in every single episode, but let me just give you a sort of overview of italki so you know what you're dealing with. So, um, so they already have two million language learners using the platform. You can learn pretty much any language you want. Of course, English is the most popular language, and there are more English teachers and tutors than there than other languages on there. Uh, so after going to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk, you sign up free, just like a social network. Then you decide which language or languages you're interested in. Let's say it's English. And then you can choose to find either professional teachers or community tutors. 
Okay, professional teachers are qualified to teach English as a foreign language. They're professional teachers that specialize in different skills, different types of English, for example, business English or IELTS or exams and stuff. And they will guide you through the learning process. Okay, it's just like having a one-to-one -one lesson with a teacher in a language school or in your own home, except that it's done using video conferencing software like Skype. Okay, so professional teachers. Then there are the community tutors. Essentially, they're not qualified teachers, but they are educated native speakers of English who are passionate about sharing their language with you and helping you to practice communicating and developing your fluency. So it's like spending time with a native speaker of English. They're also cheaper than the professional teachers. And there are some great community tutors on italki and they are a really good option for those of you who need to talk to native speakers of English and you have more of a limited budget. In fact, I think that the community tutors could be the best thing about italki because these are friendly native speakers of English based in the UK who are able and ready to talk to you right now and they're cheaper than teachers. Okay, but it's not just about teachers and tutors because italki offers you plenty of other content too. There is a whole community of people on italki because it's not only a marketplace for teachers, it's also a social network for language learners. It's a really cool place to hang out if you're learning a language and it's better than other social networks like Facebook because all of the people who are on italki's forums and blogs are motivated language learners and they're not there just to make stupid comments and waste time like on Facebook. Okay, so there's the social networking side. Also, italki publishes lots of articles and blog pieces about language learning. Uh, there's already a large catalogue of interesting and useful articles that you can access. And finally, and I think this may be one of the best features of italki, you can arrange language exchanges with speakers of other languages. And this is a great option for people who are on a really tight budget because they're not costly at all. Uh, there's bound to be people out there who want to speak your language. Let's say you're Japanese, you're Russian or something. Uh, there will be people on italki who want to learn Russian or Japanese or Spanish or Italian or something. Uh, and they will be native speakers of English. So you can check out the community and look for people who, sp who uh, speak your target language and who want to practice speaking your language too. Connect with them and then next thing you know, you've got a regular language partner who you can talk to both in English sometimes and in your language at other times. That's a really good uh, way of doing it. Okay, uh, This is one of the oldest ways to get speaking practice at no cost, language exchanges. And in the process, you can make some awesome friends around the world and just have a lot of fun while doing it. And who knows, a language exchange, finding a native speaker or something like that, it could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship with someone from another country. So there you have it. Italki is a bit more than you might think. Uh, now you can talk to native speakers of English regularly and from your own sofa and they have tons of other services and a whole community of like-minded people. So there is a reason why italki sponsors Luke's English Podcast. It's because they are the perfect service for you, my listeners, and I wouldn't promote them to you if I didn't think it was useful for you, okay? Now, I realise that in this episode, I'm talking about italki quite a lot. 
You know, I'm banging on about it quite a lot. I'm not going to go on about this subject a massive amount in every single episode in the future. Uh, My episodes will run as they normally do, and I'm still free to talk about whatever I want to talk about. I will just mention italki at the start of episodes or at the end of episodes too, just to remind you about the offer, okay? So generally, this is all very good news for Luke's English Podcast and is a big step in the right direction for me and all of us. This is certainly a step in the direction that I want to take, which is that eventually I want to, you know, quit my job and focus on doing my online work full-time. Okay, so this is definitely a step in that direction and it means that that my podcast will be uh, more frequent. Hopefully, it will be even better than it was before and even more relevant for you. Okay, right. So now I've introduced the sponsor. Let's now get back to the subject of you and your English, specifically the importance of speaking for learning English and why being a regular listener of Luke's English podcast gives you a head start if you're now going to work on your speaking skills. All right, so let me just talk about the importance of speaking and how that is connected to regular listening. So we all know that all of the areas of English are linked. So first of all, improving your listening will have an effect on your pronunciation and speaking and probably your vocabulary and grammar too. Then following that up with regular speaking is a great combination for faster fluency and linguistic control. I'm really convinced that regularly listening to this podcast and engaging in an authentic way with the things I'm saying and and the sentiments I'm expressing, which are either humorous or serious or mysterious or factual or whatever, I think that is really going to make a great difference. My professional knowledge tells me that it's true, but also my experience tells me that it's true. First of all, I get messages all the time from listeners who swear that the podcast has helped them a lot, either by giving them confidence, better vocab, or by generally improving their English to get a higher score in an IELTS exam or something. But also, I've had first-hand experience of listeners making progress with this podcast. I've spoken to listeners a number of times, and I've noticed how their English has improved over time. And I know that people who started listening with um, with next to no English and have got to the point where they understand everything and they can also speak and make themselves understood. And of course, they have my accent and my speech patterns too, which is kind of weird. Um, but so by listening, you're exposing your ears to a whole other side of the English language. If you think about it, there are two things, all right? English as a written language which is what you read and what you write. It's visual and physical. That's the written language. And then there's English as a spoken language. Uh, You hear it. You don't see it. You produce it physically using your body as an instrument. So they're two different beasts, okay? The written language and the the spoken language. Now, if you just work with the written version, you're only going to get half of the story. By listening, you're engaging with the other type of English, the spoken version. And spoken English has been around longer than the written version, as far as I understand. Stories and knowledge have been transferred orally for many, many years. And this form of communication was around before people developed written language. Um, So by focusing on spoken English, you're really focusing on the whole oral tradition of English. Also, speaking is a very immediate and lively form of English. 
Spoken English takes many forms because of different accents and is closely tied into codes of behaviour and body language. It can be much harder to understand spoken English, especially if you're used to reading all of your English and you need a script of what's being said. So regularly listening to authentic conversations can really give you an edge, certainly over the majority of people out there who've spent more time on reading and writing than on listening and speaking. So if you listen a lot, you can really explore the way that sounds are used to create words and how those words connect to each other and how the whole thing is interpreted by stress patterns and intonation in the voice. English has a rhythm and an accent that you can never find in the written version. The voice is used as a delivery system for English and it's vital that you get to know how that works. And to do that, you just have to listen to it. Also, regular listening exposes you to so many words and grammatical structures that you start to develop an intuition uh, over grammar. And that's the best situation to be in. You know, when you're doing an exercise, you know that the answer is right because it just feels right after having heard that particular phrase or prepositional collocation many times already. It just feels like the right answer, but you don't have the rule. And if that's the case, then now you're thinking like a native speaker. The rule doesn't matter. All that matters is that you're familiar with the right kind of English. And listening to the podcast regularly is a great way to work on those things. But speaking... Speaking is absolutely vital because if you want to make fast progress and become a good communicator, that requires some practice and a positive attitude. The good news is that if you're a regular listener to this podcast, then you have a head start because having this podcast as a platform, you can really push your spoken English further and further and much faster as well. In fact, as well as giving you a foundation of passive knowledge from listening to this podcast, you could... Um, you can also get lots of inspiration and information which you can use to push your speaking. First of all, you're already interacting with the language in its spoken form by listening to it. Your brain's already used to listening and this should make it much easier to then respond by speaking yourself. In fact, by listening and thinking, you're already engaging the part of your brain involved in spoken communication. You'll be more familiar with accent, rhythm and intonation. And so it will be far less foreign for you to produce those sounds that you know quite well. In terms of topics and ideas, hopefully the conversations and topics that I cover on this podcast are exactly the sorts of topics that you could talk about in speaking lessons or conversations that you might have. And I'm assuming here that you're considering working on your speaking for a bit, okay? So in your lessons, you could use topics or activities that you've heard on the podcast. Uh, I think it's time to activate the passive English um, that um, you have now in your possession, Okay, so I'm glad about that because I think my podcast club, my Lepsters, my LEP ninjas or the Jedi Knights of Luke's English podcast, my followers or whatever, they are, you are my special team. And I'm glad when you get a head start in something. And I think that people who want to improve their speaking, and I meet those people all the time, and who haven't listened to this podcast are definitely at a disadvantage. Imagine starting conversations in English when you haven't listened to any episodes of this or any other podcast. It would be like starting all cold, with no English in your mind and no sense of how to create spoken discourse or understand the person you're talking to. It would be like starting from scratch. So hopefully my podcast is like lubrication for your brain. 
or it's like brain training to keep yourself fresh and ready for action. And you should activate that English as much as possible for quicker progress. Okay, so I've been going for about one hour and 10 minutes. I'm going to keep going because I've still got lots of other things to say to you. So let me just talk to you about some evidence for the importance of developing your speaking skills. So just in case you weren't convinced of the importance of speaking, here are some reasons why it's a good idea to focus on using speaking as your way of mastering communication in English alongside regular listening. So first of all, top language educators and examiners like the British Council, International House and Cambridge University all stress the importance of speaking skills for achieving anything in English. And this is reflected in the courses offered by those institutions and the way that they run their courses, with many of those top schools putting a lot of emphasis on speaking and communication skills in their lessons. It's generally well known that speaking skills in English are learnt and acquired most quickly through engaging in communication activities directed by teachers in which you can really improve your spoken fluency through practice and feedback. Also, any Cambridge exam involves a speaking test, which is worth at least 25% of your mark. Okay, so it's clear that these institutions value speaking very highly. Improving your speaking also has knock-on effects in other areas. It can help you to tune your ear while listening, to improve your vocab and grammar, and also feed into your writing, which can become faster and more expressive. So the fact that it's instant and dynamic makes speaking a faster way of working on your English. Um, Let me now just sort of share with you a few comments that I found from the website of a man named Gerald uh, Gillis, who is a writer and public speaker. So here are some comments by respected public speaker uh, Gerald Gillis, who hits the nail on the head regarding how speaking skills are vital for success in business. And much of what he says can be applied to other areas of life too. So this was originally posted on his website, which is www.gerald.com. Gillis, so that's G-E-R-A-L-D-G-I-L-L-I-S dot com forward slash importance dash speaking dash skills. Okay, so these are his words. And I'm just sharing them here because um, I think that it's interesting that a respected public speaker is saying these things about speaking skills. So he says this, the four language skills of listening, speaking, reading and writing are all interconnected. Proficiency in each skill is necessary to become a well-rounded communicator, but the ability to speak skillfully provides the speaker with several distinct advantages. The capacity to put words together in a meaningful way to reflect thoughts, opinions and feelings provides the speaker with these important advantages. So first of all, ability to inform, persuade and direct Business managers, educators, military leaders, lawyers and politicians, among others, seek to develop their speaking skills to such a level that they are transformed into Jedi Master communicators. Okay, he didn't actually, he didn't write Jedi Masters. I added the word Jedi. But anyway, speaking clearly and confidently can gain the attention of an audience, providing the golden opportunity for the speaker to make the message known. Wise is the speaker who gains and then holds the attention of an audience with well-chosen words in a well-delivered presentation, forming a message that is effective, informative and understood. Secondly, ability to stand out from the rest. 
When one thinks of speaking skills, one tends to think of it as a common skill. Well, think again. The ability to stand before others and speak effectively is not an ordinary ability. Many people are deathly afraid of public speaking. Others have little ability to form thoughts into sentences and then deliver those words in a believable way. The bad news is that any given moment the world has precious few with the speaking talents of, say, Winston Churchill or John F. Kennedy. The good news is that a speaker whose skills are honed and developed with constant application and hard work can stand out. Thirdly, the ability to benefit derivatively. So well-developed verbal skills can increase one's negotiation skills. Self-confidence is improved. A growing sense of comfort comes from speaking in front of larger and larger audience. Uh, audiences. A reputation for excellence in speaking can accrue over time, thereby imparting a certain credibility to the speaker. And then lastly, career enhancement. Employers have always valued the ability to speak well. It is and always will be an important skill and well worth the effort in fully developing. Uh, This is especially evident when talking about English as a second language. So I could add a few other things, like, for example, developing relationships. Um, this is These are my words now, again. So there are other things, other reasons why speaking is important. For example, it can help you to develop relationships. Good speaking skills uh, give you confidence, um, which helps to install a feeling of trust into your relationships. And you can truly be yourself And this is very charming indeed. In fact, a confident, charming speaker of English from another country, speaking with a slightly different accent, can be very seductive to native speakers of English. And I might hasten to add that speaking good English will not just open doors, it could also open legs too, if you know what I mean. So there it is. I hope you're feeling fully motivated and ready to push your English onwards and upwards. Don't forget to check out italki and have a look at some of the qualified teachers and native speakers that you can talk to either as lessons or in conversation practice. Remember that if you choose to buy some lessons as a listener to Luke's English podcast, italki will give you 100 italki credits as a discount for being a a listener to Luke's English podcast. So if you you make a purchase, they will apply to the, the next purchase you make. 100 credits is worth about $10 and is around the price of a one-hour session with some of those people. So you can get your first one-hour lesson free after you've paid for some courses. And that discount is applied, yeah, as I said, when you make your first purchase. If you don't want to buy, that's fine. You can just go on and check out the different teachers and people. Uh, They're mainly English speakers from the UK. Um, perhaps some professional teachers living in the UK or native speakers who with, uh, with someone who are really interested in sharing their English with you. So it could be a number of different people. A lot of those teachers and tutors offer trial lessons as well. If you want to just sort of check them out and just give them a trial, uh, you can do a trial lesson and they're usually discounted. They're usually cheaper than normal lessons. So you can at least check out a few people before you decide on your favourite. So just visit teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk to get started or click one of the italki logos that you might find on my website. Okay, so it's now about one minute and 20 seconds of speaking on this podcast. Um, But just before we finish, 
I just want to show you how committed I am about continuing to develop Luke's English podcast and how getting the right sponsor is going to allow me to apply myself to this even more seriously than before. Um, for me, it's a step towards uh, being able to eventually quit my job and do this full time, something perhaps I should have done much earlier. But anyway, I think that you'll agree that anything which makes it possible for me to spend more time on the podcast is very good for you because you'll get more free content and more episodes that I've taken time to produce. So just to convince you of my good intentions for Luke's English Podcast, I've written a list of aims for this project. Um, aims are things that you want to achieve, okay? It's important to have aims, not just in teaching, like any good teacher will establish aims for each lesson. Usually we write a lesson plan and at the top of the lesson plan you have your lesson aims. For example, it could be to consolidate and practice the use of the present perfect or maybe to uh, develop negotiation skills. You know, those are the aims for, for the lesson. So any good teacher will establish aims at the beginning of their lesson uh, as a sort of target for what they want to achieve. But also as a language learner, um, you need achievable aims to give your learning some structure, some direction and some reward, okay? And also as an entrepreneur or anyone who's trying to achieve something, uh, aims give you achievable targets that will guide you in whatever you're doing. And you should set aims for your learning of English. I have set some aims for Luke's English podcast. Um, so here are now uh, my aims for episodes of Luke's English Podcast. This is, this is the sort of mission statement for Luke's English Podcast. And I've got 10 aims to, to share with you. So aim number one uh, is to provide a resource of authentic native English speech for learners of English to use for improving their English. Aim number two is to inform my audience about methods and strategies for improving their English. Aim number three to educate my listeners about the English language by explaining or providing examples of grammar. Aim number four is to enrich the vocabulary of my listeners by presenting and teaching natural English usage in context. Aim number five is to entertain my audience by producing fun and interesting content specifically targeted at learners of English as a second language. Aim number six is to highlight particular aspects of English language culture, including themes about Britishness, accounts of key moments in history, politics and the arts, with a particular focus on comedy and films. Um, aim number seven is to develop the communication skills of my listeners by focusing on pro approaches to spoken discourse and interaction with interlocutors. Aim number eight is to raise awareness of many features of British English pronunciation and provide practice of repeating certain phrases or constructions with a focus on connected speech. Aim number nine, to keep my audience engaged in the listening process long-term by providing a resource to help them laugh while they learn. And then finally, aim number 10, is to dominate the world with an army of LEP ninjas equipped with biscuits and good English. All right, okay, so one of my listeners, Chris Benitez, asked me to add this as an aim for my podcast. But, you know, sometimes I think it's true that I have started a cult on Luke's English podcast. 
So there you go. That was my 10 aims for uh, Luke's English podcast. And hopefully I achieve most of them most of the time. That's the idea anyway. And that is now the end of this episode about learning, listening, speaking, and my new sponsor, italki. Um, I will be back soon on the podcast with a very interesting interview with um, one of those polyglots that I mentioned earlier on. Um, he's an English guy who can speak eight languages. Um, and so there will be an interview with him coming up soon, which is really interesting from a language learning point of view. And also there will be plenty of other episodes on different topics coming up very soon. Uh, don't forget to go to the page for this episode at teacherluke.co.uk. This is episode number 331. And you can read a transcript of everything I've said in this episode on that page. Okay. So that is it. That's the end of this episode. Over one hour and 20 minutes worth. Um, don't forget to leave your comments and stuff on the page for the episode. Uh, but that's it for this one. So for now, it's time to just say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.